What does it mean to speak in tongues? Depending on your approach to this topic, some people might think you're crazy and overly emotional yeah. or just boring and emotionless, right? Yeah. So in this video, we're going to first define exactly what speaking in tongues is, um, and then we'll ask if we should speak in tongues today. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so in scripture, what are tongues? Yes, so... Um, so it's, yeah, we're just going to kind of define tongues in this video and then we'll do another video kind of, yeah, with the question of cessationism versus continuationism, which mm -hmm. we'll explain later, but what exactly are tongues in scripture? Maybe that yeah. term is totally unfamiliar for you. I grew up going to a, a Baptist church for a long time mm -hmm. as a kid. And then, um, for a couple of years we went to a super Pentecostal church mm -hmm. and we'd have these Sunday night services so Sunday mornings would be like any normal kind of evangelical, non-denominational church. Right. And then in the evening, Sunday evenings, it would be like, the all, yeah, go. <laughs> all the restraints are gone, like speaking in tongues, yeah. people barking. Uh, or no, no, I don't think I ever heard barking, but I did hear holy laughter. Oh, yeah. Quote, yeah. unquote, um, which was like someone laughing, like without breathing for like, mm -hmm. it was, was kind of creepy. Very creepy, I should say. Yeah. Um, just all sorts of interesting things of like, Oh my goodness, like there's like miraculous things happening. So, right. So, but what does it mean to speak in tongues according to scripture? The word tongue comes from the Greek word glossa, which refers to real human languages. That's that's what it means. So a tongue is a different language. So this miracle would happen in the early church where people were gifted, were able to speak in a different language, mm -hmm. sometimes to preach the gospel to other people of different nationalities, or sometimes in a worship service as a miraculous sign. And um, so we're not just saying that someone learned a language and then spoke the language. We're saying right. you have no knowledge of this language and all of a sudden you're speaking it yeah. fluently and right. communicating fluently. So the first time we see this is in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Let me read this for us. So it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Hmm. So we see interesting things here, right? So so the first thing we see that's important for this is verse 4, right? So the, the disciples who are waiting, you know, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, they've been waiting for weeks now. They've been promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they began to speak in other tongues or in other right. languages, literally. Yeah. So they're speaking in different languages, and the Spirit is the one who gives them that ability to speak. Right. So clearly there's a miracle happening in the speaker, and this is what we would call tongues, right? The miracle of tongues, or the gift of tongues. And then in verse 6, we see that people are hearing in their own language. Now, that word language is a different word than the word tongue. It's the, it's the word um, dialectos. We get our word dialect from that, right? But it just means language. So the, in verse 6 and in verse 8, Luke, the writer of Acts, is, is actually shifting the word he's using to language. And then in verse 11, he's going to use the word tongues again. Hmm. So two uses of tongues, two uses of language that are all meant to be parallel. They're all meant to be yeah. synonymous. There's not a distinction in terms of what they mean. Hmm. Um, so we can see clearly that this word tongues is referring to human, real human languages. Right. 
Um, now, some people will say the miracle that happened here on Pentecost was actually twofold. It was one of speaking and one of hearing. So the Holy Spirit comes and gives to the disciples the ability to speak in tongues, mm-hmm. which they would then say are like an angelic language. Yeah. And then God gives to the people the ability to interpret the tongues, which is another gift that we'll see in the book of 1 Corinthians, right? Mm-hmm. Some can interpret these languages hmm. by the power of the Spirit. So that's an interesting thing, but there's a problem here because yeah. in Acts chapter 2, who's actually filled with the Holy Spirit? It's not the crowd. We don't hear that said of them. Right. It's, it's the apostles, those who yeah. at this point believe in Jesus, are being moved by the Spirit to speak, and they're right. hearing them speak in their actual languages. Mm-hmm. So all of this points to, again, tongues are real human languages. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, so some will say that tongues are languages, but it's like you were saying, that angelic language, right? So how would how would you respond to that then? Yeah, so that, that comes from 1 Corinthians 13, right? So where Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... But have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or clinging symbol, right? So mm-hmm. now what, what, he's, what he's saying here is it, it's not, in my opinion, that he's referring to that there's actually these angelic languages. Mm-hmm. He's, re- he's speaking in hyperbolic language. Mm-hmm. Like the entire context of this passage is in hyperbole. So let me just, mm-hmm. let me just turn there. First Corinthians 13, it says in it, verse 2, If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith... So as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So I don't think Paul was was actually saying this is possible, right? To understand everything, to fathom all mysteries, all knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's necessarily saying that. He's speaking in the most hyperbolic, extreme way. So the point of the passage is that even if you were given extraordinary gifts that no one is given, mm-hmm. he, he without love, he still is nothing. Right. right. So that's the focus. So I don't think that from this passage you can argue that he's making a stage, statement about the nature of tongues. Mm-hmm. When the thrust of this passage is about love, this is a side statement of something that I think he's implying is impossible. Yeah. So that doesn't yeah. seem to be what he's, what's in view here. The, the tongues that were spoken in Corinth were also real human language, and there was a need for interpretation um, right. so they understand the language that was spoken. So right. no, I, I would say the idea of angelic languages, it's only supported by that one passage in my mm-hmm. opinion but I, it doesn't doesn't hold weight right right well so other people say tongues are more of just a prayer language right yeah so so what would you say to that specifically yeah it's like an individual this is a way that you speak to god individually and that could right. be tied with the angelic languages thing mm-hmm. but it's a, a personal, slightly different yeah, yeah it's just for me so first corinthians fourteen fourteen is an interesting uh place for this Right, so he says, verse fourteen of First Corinthians chapter fourteen. For if I pray in a tongue, my my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this verse is dividing people. So this is kind of be a basis for a private prayer language mm-hmm. idea. I don't think this verse is dividing individual and saying that there's a certain part of the person that prays, right? So the spirit, but not the intellect, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think what it's saying here is that the spirit of God is praying. So the Spirit of God is enabling this person, empowering this person, and is praying in a sense through this. But So like the, the New English Bible, I think, captures this thought well. When it mm. translates this way, it says, the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit in me prays, but my intellect lies fallow. So I'm not engaging my person in this. Mm. And, and he really, he's discouraging this. That's another point to, to be 
careful mm. of is when he's saying, yeah. if I'm just praying in tongues, it's not helping me. It's mm. not building me up. It's not edifying me because tongues are meant for a specific... Spe- I can't talk for a specific <laughs> oh my purpose. gosh, she's doing I, it. I know, in tongues. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think I'm close. I yeah. need a little more practice. <laughs> Um, so tongues actually in this same passage are connected with prophecy. Hmm. So they're about communicating content about who God is. Yeah. So prophecy in the Bible can be foretelling, meaning a future prediction of events, or forthtelling, which would be like a proclamation of God's truth. Right. But either way, there's content involved there. Hmm. So a lot of the prophecy involved in this passage, I think, is more the forthtelling. Right. It's speaking about God's truth, mm-hmm. proclaiming who He is, kind of yeah. like preaching. Um, but this this shows that it's it's supposed to be conveying information. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for private use. And that's why he says in verse 13, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. Because if you're mm-hmm. getting this revelation from God, this message from God, mm-hmm. then it needs to be interpreted so that others can benefit from it. Right. You know, yeah. so so all this is is pointing towards there's real content here, and in fact, mm-hmm. I think in this section, it's tongues are are actually treated kind of equal to prophecy. Hmm. So the tongues are capable of being interpreted, right? So we see this kind of all over First Corinthians. Yeah. So this is part of Paul's emphasis, mm-hmm. and it means that tongues should convey their content. So they right. should be unfolded so people can understand what's being said. Right. So again, that re- reinforces that point that. They're meant to convey content, not just be for your own personal use. Well, that, that's interesting because, yeah, I feel like in my life when people have talked about um, it being a gift, right? Like a lot of people see it as that way where it's like, oh, this is just my own like personal gift that God just like hands totally, to me. Totally, totally, yeah. Right, so what you're saying is that like, you know, when scripture's like talking about this, that it's like it's supposed to be like a gift like for others, right? Let, that the spirit is like working in you for the benefit of others totally not just this little personal present no no yeah and we do tend to view and we'll get into this in the next video Mm because it does it's so important to understand how we should treat this now Mm -hmm. but yeah that's a huge part of it is that we view gifting in the same way we'd say like oh lebron james is a gifted basketball player yeah it's like god has given him this ability Mm -hmm. that he can then use to make himself great right that's kind of how we view being gifted at something in their colloquial sense that's not what God is saying. He's saying, here's a gift that you have that you then bring for the service of others. Yeah. So yeah, so this, so and, and every other gift is like that. Teaching, yeah. uh, you don't teach in a mirror, right? Yeah. You don't teach <laughs> privately, you teach yeah. to people. Right. You, you teach to a camera, I guess, but that's, that's close. <laughs> but, um, you you know, hospitality. You yeah. can't be hospitable to yourself. You're welcoming yeah. in others, service. All these things are about giving something of value to others. Yeah. So why would tongues be the one exception is just about me and my own mm-hmm. walk with God. Yeah. That's, that's just not in view in terms of how I view gifts in yeah. the New Testament. So it's important perspective shift on that. Yeah. And we see in just one more passage here, Acts 19, six, where it speaks of them speaking in tongues and prophesying. Mm-hmm. So those two things are, are linked in that passage as well. And it happens a number of times, but right. all of this points to tongues being closer to uh, prophetic language mm-hmm. than to something private yeah. than just for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get into something uh, kind of fun, which would be the scientific evidence, or maybe yeah. lack thereof, for tongues. Yes, yeah, and I, again, yeah. I understand that you bring something like this up with a supernatural topic. Yeah. People are going to be skeptical. Okay, that's totally fine. Maybe, yeah, again, feel free to comment and let us know what you think, mm-hmm. push back, totally fine. Yeah. But the nature, so 
what I've been arguing for is that there's um, an actual language, right? So the mm-hmm. nature of that actual language in the book of Corinth right. is is so important because what we see when people have studied expressions of this ecstatic gifting, mm-hmm. right? Because again, if you were to go into a charismatic church today, I would bet you significant amounts of money that what you're going to see in terms of speaking in tongues is not an actual language. Hmm. It is uh, what would sound to a to an, or an atheist would say is gibberish. Yeah. Okay, we'll just put it in that camp. Yeah. We'll let him, you know, the atheist would <laughs> say this is it. complete uh, gibberish. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah. And so what people would say was, well, this is this is not an actual language uh, in human terms. It's an angelic language or it's this private language. Right. So is that I've said in in the Corinthian book in Acts that's kind of ruled out. But some of the things that people have actually studied these things and said, okay, let's record this, let's watch this, let's examine mm-hmm. what's being expressed here to yeah. see is there something supernatural here. One of the things they've noticed as they've studied tongues in different contexts is that there's our our language, our speech can be broken down into into phonemes, which I'm not an expert on this at all. But mm-hmm. the basic idea there, I think, is that there's a few dozen parts of speech in in any given language mm-hmm. that we essentially put together these sounds mm-hmm. in order to make our words. So there's a limited number of sounds that you naturally will speak. And even, you know, I, I've heard that the shape of your mouth will be formed by the way that you speak all these things over the course mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. So in different cultures, they might have like, you know, like in, deep in Africa, they might have like clicks and mm-hmm. things like that as part of their speech. Right. That would never be present as a phoneme in English, right? Right. Or, or in uh, Europe or anything like that. So they've studied these phonemes of people speaking in tongues because naturally what you'd expect is if someone is speaking a different language, they'd be using different phonemes than their, than their native tongue, right? Yeah, yeah. But what they found is that it's always, you know, again, I, I, yeah. I'm open to that there's miracles and things like that, but mm-hmm. in terms of the general use of this in the practice of churches, that it's, it's rearranging the, the phonemes that you use in your language, in your mm-hmm. mother tongue, so to speak. Right. So it's not introducing new sounds, which is what you'd expect if it was an angelic tongue or if you're speaking an actual foreign language. Right. You're you're using things that you don't normally use. Hmm. It would be a way of putting it. So you're saying your phonemes may be phony. <laughs> wow, that was really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. That's, I been, think of that's that. been cooking up here for a couple <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so another thing is that um, studies have shown that people can be trained to imitate the sort of Pentecostal version of tongues. Right. With with you know basic instructions mm-hmm. and and even I mean we could go into a lot of the like I don't know, like the American Gospel movie and stuff mm-hmm. like that of how people are taught in mass to to speak in tongues when this is supposed to be a gift to certain people it's right. not supposed to be something like right. Paul's like saying like earnestly pray for this gift mm-hmm. he's not just like hey if you just kind of do that yeah, thing just do it you'll be yeah. speaking in tongues in no time yeah. um, so but people have have you know, been taught this and they, without, you know, any spiritual belief and they've been mm-hmm. able to practice it and they're, they go unnoticed in yeah. terms of the Pentecostal church. So, right. or people that have left that charismatic background don't mm-hmm. believe in those gifts anymore mm-hmm. and yet are still able to at any moment start speaking in tongues right? in that sort of gibberish sense. Yeah. Right. There's also been people who have been recorded speaking in tongues and then they've gotten different people who will have the gift of interpretation. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well, here's the recording, one after the other, right, separate from each other. What uh, Interpret this. What is this person saying? Right. What are they speaking? And the people will give an interpretation, and every interpretation is different than the one before it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and again, if you get into the point of like, well, God can say two things to two different people, then you have a problem of God being God of confusion. Yeah. And, and, and not a God of truth. So yeah. that's, that's very problematic as well. So yeah. 
There's a lot of things that would, would point us to saying what we see now as the so-called gift of tongues is not what the New Testament says. Mm-hmm. So again, we'll, we'll talk about this more um, in the next video, but again, I there's plenty of miracles that happen. There's plenty of people that have been healed in miraculous ways. Mm-hmm. I believe have spoken in tongues yep. after the New Testament, all these things, but... Uh, what we have to actually line it up with what the scripture says, mm-hmm. not just yeah. with what we kind of want it to say to fit yeah. our experience. Yeah, that's that's important.